Hi, everybody. Happy holidays. Welcome to the broadcast. Today we have a very cool show because we are going to address everybody's biggest worry. And that is that we're going to gain 10 pounds over the holidays and we are never going to lose it for as long as we live. Well, we have you covered because, first of all, we're doing a really cool thing today. Weight loss champion Chuck Carroll and registered dietitian Lee Crosby are going out on the sidewalk and they are going to set up a table and feed people vegan treats and other treats. And the question is, which one is which? Can you tell the vegan treat? Here's a secret. They're all vegan. But anyway, you've got to see their reactions. I think you're going to find them absolutely priceless. Now, also, if you are worried about what happens as you go into the holidays, we're going to talk about that, and what happens after the holidays, if this is your year to finally go vegan, we've got some tips to make it really, really easy. And maybe best of all, uh, if you have not heard of Eric O'Gray's story, he adopted a vegan diet and has the most amazing success that he's going to share with you on today's program. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Thank you, Dr. Barnard. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so much for joining us here on the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. And every show we feature a different success story. Today is no different. And I'm very excited about our next guest, Eric O'Gray. Eric, welcome to the show. You have just such an incredible story. Well, thank you so much for having me, uh, Chuck, and I've been a huge fan of PCRM for a really long time, and Dr. Bernard was one of the first people to step up and endorse my new book, so I'm a huge fan of his and PCRM also. And you know what? Your book is uh, Walking with Petey, so t tell me about this. I assume Petey is your pet. Is is Petey not? Well, Petey passed away in 2015, and mm. I don't want to spoil the book too much, but um in 2010, I was 340 pounds. Wow. I was on uh, 15 different medications, including daily insulin injections for type 2 diabetes. That also included three different antidepressants, uh, high blood pressure medication, and high cholesterol medication. My cholesterol was about 400 at the time, wow. which is the walking dead level. Yeah. And so at the time, I... I didn't know what I was going to do, and I, I didn't really know which direction I was headed. I had tried and failed just about every weight loss program or system or process or gimmick or thing ever marketed in the United States. Everything from Atkins, just really, I can go down the list. So I, I just I couldn't find anything that had worked. And in all these years and seeing all these doctors, every time that I'd go into a doctor's office, it was the same thing. It was a five to 10 minute visit with a doctor mm -hmm. and uh, most of the time either leaving with a new prescription or a new test or procedure or something associated whatever, with whatever it was I was complaining about that day. And so this was just a, a long series of different things and, and that's how I ended up with about 15 daily medications that I was taking. I, I want to stop you. I want to go back. You said you were on 15 different medications a day. How did you even manage that? I had them all lined up. <clears throat> excuse me. I had them all lined up on my counter, my uh, my uh, bathroom counter, just like little soldiers. So I go through and I just, you know, I kind of, I, I just, you know, take one or two or whatever the prescription called for. So it was a, a daily routine uh, in addition to insulin injections. That, to me alone, is, is incentive to kind of change your life. What was kind of your, your wake-up moment? When was it like, because I know that you told me that you did a whole lot of yo-yo diets before you finally found the formula to, that works for you. What was that breaking point that you reached? Well, there was two different, uh, I had two different rock-bottom uh, wake-up calls. The first one, <clears throat> I went and seen uh, a company doctor for an annual required physical and he gave me, this is just a very blunt guy, and he said, you know, you need to make one of two decisions very quickly. And the first decision is, are you going to get bariatric surgery, which would, uh, like he was recommending lap sleeve surgery, which would have removed about two-thirds of my stomach. Mm -hmm. And the reason I didn't want to get that is because the people that I'd known that had bariatric surgery weren't really successful at it in the long run, and therefore I didn't want to do that. So the doctor's second recommendation, if you don't want to do that, 
you might as well buy a cemetery plot because you're most likely going to need one in the next five years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, so that, that must have hu- stung. That was a huge wake-up call. And then shortly after that, while I was processing that, I was on an airplane flight, and I had the center seat in between two other fairly large guys. And it was, uh, you know, when you're that big, you have to wedge yourself into the seat. Don't I know. And when, I, when you do, you're going to have bruising afterwards for at least a week. And it's, it's a very painful experience. So that day, they ran out of seatbelt extensions. And I told the flight attendant I needed a seatbelt extension because the FAA says you can't, uh, the plane can't take off unless everybody's buckled in. They ran out of seatbelt extensions. So they had to delay the flight by about 45 minutes as they were looking on other aircraft for a seatbelt extension. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and I hear everybody around me talking about, we're going to miss our connection because this guy's too fat and he can't control himself. Mm. And mm. I was a fairly, I was a proud person. I really was. I'd never depended upon anyone for anything. I'd never even been on unemployment or accepted any form of government assistance. And at that point, I knew that I'd become a burden on other people, and that really perfect, affected me profoundly. It really meant a lot to me. Wow. Yeah. So, I, yeah, man. I, you know, I remember when I was still really overweight having an experience where I had to fly. And being that heavy, I totally, totally commiserate with you that it just, I'll be blunt like you did. It sucks. I mean, it absolutely sucks. And I remember. I was lucky enough to be able to have a seatbelt extender, but having that and then just doing what I call the walk of shame down the aisles and seeing oh, it's, and seeing the it's, faces it's, of the people. And, and the they look at you like a leper, you, don't they? Man, as you're walking and I describe this, I, I do a lot of speaking on this and I describe this to people. And as you're walking down that aisle, as you get on the aircraft, every single head on the plane turns up and looks at you. And there's a look of horror in their eyes yes. on all of them. Yes. And you can tell what each of them are thinking. They're all thinking, please, God, don't let that big fat guy sit next to me. Yep. That's so tough. So you have these breaking points. You make the decision here. So what's, what's your next step? So I found a different kind of doctor. And this one was a licensed naturopathic doctor. And I made an appointment with her because she was, she said she knew, oh yes, she definitely knew what a plant-based diet was and she practiced one herself. And I go, wow, this, this sounds promising. It worked for Bill Clinton. Maybe it'll work for me too. So I went and saw this uh, person. Her name was Dr. Preeti Kolkarni of Cupertino, California. And during my first visit with her, the thing that was most amazing to me is rather than just spend five to 10 minutes with me and ask me some basic cursory questions and Uh, give me a new prescription. This woman spent an hour and a half with me. And during that hour and a half, she asked me just really uh, in-depth personal history questions and got me to admit all of my deepest, darkest secrets. Like I'd completely stopped going outside. And because I'd stopped trying to go to the grocery store or anything, I was practicing what I called the window diet. And that's where you either drive up to a, a drive through restaurant and they hand you food through your window or somebody delivers it to your door at home. Yep. So my diet had devolved from, you know, healthier foods down to foods that were like fast food, the kind that you could get delivered to your door in 2010. And I also admitted to her that because I'd stopped going outside, I'd stopped trying to associate with people. So I didn't really have any friends any longer. And I hadn't been on a date in about 15 years. Mm. So she prescribed for me two things, and this also really uh, surprised me. She prescribed a whole food plant-based diet and a dog from my local shelter. Hmm. That's a great prescription. Yeah, and I'd never had a pet before, so I I was kind of, I was really, uh, I didn't know how to react to that. So at the time I asked her, you know, is it okay if I get a cat instead? And she said, well, have you ever walked a cat? (laughs) <laughs> and, I said, and I said, no, but I think I've seen it done on TV. And this was about a a four foot, seven or eight inch tall Indian woman. And she was very serious, but very respectful and a super nice person. I'm still friends with her to this day. And so she just looked at me very sternly and repeated that I needed to. She strongly recommended that I go to my local humane society and adopt a dog and also that I needed to strictly follow this plant-based diet that she was going to put me on. So I went home 
and I had never really cooked before. I was 51 years old at the time. And all I knew to do, knew how to do really was boil water and use a microwave oven. Yeah, right. So the first time that I, and I, I described this in the book, the first time that I, I uh, made a recipe that she had uh, uh, given me a recipe for, I set off the fire alarms in my apartment building. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was. So I adopted the dog. And the dog, the dog and I became best friends. And by the way, she said that the reason that I needed a dog is because I, re- I lacked any other contact or relationships in my life and that I needed to have a really a bond with another person or creature just to, you know, want to, to live again. Yeah. And so, like I said, I followed her instructions exactly. And I went down to my local shelter and I got a dog and the dog and I went home, and the dog was in worse shape than I was, by the way. Hmm. The dog was, he was about 25 pounds overweight. So when I got him, he was 75. He should have been about 70, or pardon me, about 50 pounds. He had all kinds of skin problems and, and all these various different things. And um, neither of us were really happy about the other. I think we both had somebody different in mind when, we, when, when he walked in. <laughs> he looked up at me. Was just absolute disappointment in his eyes. Oh, and yeah. So we went home, and we tried it out. And the first day that we walked, we were able to make it about a hundred yards and back. We both had to come back and collapse afterwards. And so this went on, and we walked a little bit further every day. And the dog and I became extremely bonded. And his name was Petey. And I stopped feeling sorry for myself and I started feeling sorry for him because his, his physical and problems were at least as great as mine. And he just looked at me like I was the greatest person on the earth and he totally believed in me. And it's, you know, this was, this was what I was missing. It was like this bond of pure unconditional love was what I needed to kind of come back. It was like emerging from the matrix. Yeah. It, it was that profound. So on that diet, just by walking Petey for a half an hour, twice a day, starting by going as far as we could and by being on a whole food plant-based diet, within about four months, I was off all my medications, including the insulin for type 2 diabetes. My A1C and my glucose normalized uh, to completely like normal stats, and I didn't need any of the medications anymore after about four months. That's great. And Petey and I were, Petey and I were walking about three miles twice a day at that point. And uh, at the end of 10 months, I'd lost 150 pounds and Petey had lost 25. Fantastic. And it just completely changed our life forever. And it made us, uh, it made me a different person and made him a, a brand new dog. And he was just a, such a handsome, proud dog. It was, it just completely changed both of our lives forever. It was amazing. And That's currently, great. I'm running about, five or six full marathons a year and about 15 to 20 halves. Man, look at you go. You're, you're pounding that pavement, something fierce. Yeah. So at 58, I'm able to compete, uh, athletically against men about half my age. And, you know, I feel like I'm 18. I mean, I just, I just have felt wonderful ever since. And this is the lifestyle that I'd always been looking for my entire life and something that I'm absolutely going to stay on and practice for the rest of my life. That's outstanding. Hey, Eric, I could talk to you all day. Uh, we're out of time here. So uh, everybody go visit his website, ericandpd.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Eric underscore O'Gray. What a story. I mean, there's so much in there that I feel like you and I could bond over. Our, our experiences were similar yet get different but um just there's such an overlap there but congratulations on your transformation i just think that that is wonderful well thank you so much i really appreciate it chuck and you know congratulations on the new podcast and i've got i've got really high hopes for you bud (laughs) thanks eric you're listening to the exam room brought to you by the physicians committee You 
are listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. We are getting you ready to go vegan in the new year. Also, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about holiday temptations, how to avoid falling into those traps at parties and office gatherings and family gatherings and all of that. But before we do that, this is very important for people who are considering switching to a plant-based diet, and that is why do it? Why switch from the SAD diet, the standard American diet? Why go plant-based? And so to help me answer those questions, we are welcoming in nutritionist dietitian Maggie Neola. Maggie, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Now, you work upstairs at the uh, Barnard Medical Center, do you not? Yes, I do. I see patients there and teach classes. So you know all about this stuff. I do. I love helping people get excited to go plant-based. Probably the first question you get is, is why? Why would you want to go vegan? What health benefits could you possibly get from eliminating dairy and meat from your diet? Yeah, the list could go on, and everyone's <laughs> right? going to be different with what reason really resonates with them. Most people want to lose weight, or they want to improve their blood sugar or their mm -hmm. cholesterol levels. Mm -hmm. So that is some of the top reasons why I have patients come in. Yeah, you know, when I went plant-based, I, I keep telling people it was um, I had already lost a tremendous amount of weight, and you know, I kind of plateaued. I was hanging right around 155, and I go plant-based, and man, I just I lost another close to 15 pounds, and wow. I was not even trying. So cool. Yeah, it's it's wild, right? Like I haven't weighed this little, I think honestly, since middle school. And it's a lot easier than you expected, right? It totally is. Yeah. It totally is. And it's a lot easier to shop as well. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you find yourself actually eating more than you used to? I do. Yeah. Um, it's it's <laughs> interesting still trying to get up to 2,000 calories a day because, I mean, that's, as uh, Dr. Luma said on the last podcast, like it's impossible to do that with blueberries. So I'm like trying to find ways <laughs> to do that, you know, drink your calories, you know, with smoothies and add avocado and things like that. Um, do you get that a, a lot from, from patients as they get going on this? Whether it's hard to eat a lot of calories. Yeah, to, to get the 2,000 calories. Some people do, especially if they're not used to eating regularly throughout their day. Let's say they skip breakfast or they forget to eat lunch at work then yes, they can struggle with that. But it's so important, whether you're vegan or not, to be able to eat regular meals. Sure. I would imagine that in working with that group, you also see a big psychological turnaround, like people who's just, their energy just goes through the roof and they become like the happiest people on earth, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really cool is we, we hold these 12 week class series and in the beginning, you know, people are still kind of getting to know each other. But by week six, they're like, wow, I've had so many benefits and they're more excited and they're ready to share those successes with each other. So just seeing that room get more uh, happy and excited to be with each other is really assuring. And that's so important. The the group support, I think that, you know, it, it holds people accountable. Um, and it it really it though it also serves as motivation because they don't want to let who then they become their friends they don't want to let their friends down mm -hmm. that's critical yeah i had a support group myself and i, I mm. think that without it uh, i definitely would not have been as successful as i was neat we even had one of our class participants organize a potluck at her home with four <laughs> or five other graduates from the class and that was a really great source of community for them that's that's incredible um Here's one for you. You know, it's it's wintertime, cold and flu season. The experts this year, they're all over the news saying that this is going to be a particularly hard flu season. Mm -hmm. um, but if you eat a plant-based diet, your immune system is actually, it works pretty well, does it not? It does. It definitely helps strengthen your immune system. We always think vitamin C is like the way to go, which is an antioxidant. But there's so many other types of antioxidants which reduce inflammation in your body thus in, in enforcing that immune system to be stronger. Is it as simple as that? Just a vitamin C boost? Is it, you know, because people who aren't plant-based will say, well, you know, I'll pop a vitamin C supplement and I'll be good to go. But that's not necessarily the case. It's not the only one out there. There's hundreds of antioxidants. And that's why we say eat the rainbow, because every color has a different antioxidant profile to it. Is there any one food that you would recommend? And you cannot say orange. <laughs> you cannot say orange. That's too easy. Oh, man. No, they're all amazing. I think it's so important to get that variety. Of course, we all know our greens are important as well, sure. but don't forget about purple and red and 
all those other colors. <laughs> so let's get serious for a minute. I think that one of the things that really resonates with people, especially in the older demographic as they go plant-based, is to lower the risk of developing chronic disease. Maybe they already have it. Maybe they're diabetic. Maybe they have heart disease. But mm -hmm. certainly there are really strong advantages and science to back up the fact that a plant-based diet specific to diabetes can, you know, certainly help curtail it and even in some cases reverse it. Why, why is that? Well, a lot of it has to do with the nutrient profile of plants. They're really high in fiber and naturally most of them are lower in fat, especially saturated fat. They're also void of cholesterol. Only animal foods have cholesterol. So when you put that magic combination together, you're already setting yourself up for success by naturally having a low-calorie diet that's high in fiber, no cholesterol, and rich in nutrients. And what about um, what about diseases like cancer? Because again, that's a, that's another huge link there between uh, dairy and meat and cancer. And I know that people who go plant-based, their their risk of developing certain cancers drops dramatically. Mm -hmm. And part of that's because they're not eating animal products which contain hormones, even if it says like hormone-free milk, like there's no antibiotics added or all these things, but they're still naturally, as animals, they produce hormones, which is going to affect yours and your own body, which is very much related to cancer growth in your in your body as well. And the heart disease risk, what, uh, what are the specifics there? Heart disease, uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're removing saturated fats and cholesterol, which are huge risk factors for developing plaque buildup in your arteries. So let's have some fun here. We got a couple minutes left in this segment. Uh, have you been plant-based your entire life? Nope. Uh, I started off in college. So, what uh, what spawned the the movement there for you? A peer of mine actually. She told me about it and made me watch Forks Over Knives. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and we even had one of the um, guest speakers from Forks Over Knives come and talk to our nutrition class. So that was really neat to be able to talk with her and just continue to see that credibility in the plant-based movement. Do you remember if there was one specific thing that just made you go, aha, I need to do this? Or was it kind of just a, a cumulative effect with everything you saw and, and heard? You know, I think the one thing that stuck out to me the most was the argument against dairy and how that was something that I grew up thinking I had to have three servings a day. And to hear that that wasn't the case, maybe wasn't the case in that sense. I was like, what? Right. <laughs> um, so it was just really surprising to think that I could have an opinion for a large portion of my life that was wrong uh, and maybe not in quite accurate. I think a lot of people need to have their eyes opened in that regard and seriously sit down and, and look at the science and the studies behind it and realize that some of the things that you have been told um, those studies have come, honestly, from the dairy industry. So, <laughs> I, I mean, just slightly biased. You know, I would I would look for some unbiased studies there and, and get your education. Um, yeah. You know, give me a success story. Is there a particular patient, obviously we don't have to name names, but is there a particular patient who you've worked with that is just really exceeded all others and just stands out to you and like, wow, I can't believe this person. Oh, man. There's a number of them, but I would say the ones that really stick out the most to me are, are the ones that would come to our class consistently for 12 straight weeks, develop community, lose a couple pounds every week, and continue to do that even after our class series. Uh, there's one lady in particular who was not plant-based beforehand, and she learned the science behind it and developed community and stuck with it, and she's lost over 50, 60 pounds within a year. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I remember yeah. the last show I spoke to a woman who she had a heart attack, Betty Mizek. She had a heart attack and mm -hmm. um, survived, came out on the other side, decided to go plant-based. And her motivation was she wanted to be around to see her grandchildren grow up. That's a huge motivator. We had one person who wanted his motivation was to walk his daughter down the aisle, which I, was, it was huge. I mean, that was the reason he stuck with it. And so if you have something like that to motivate you, really helps you stick with your goals. That is fantastic. So if somebody's interested in uh, joining this program, taking the classes, meeting up with you, how do they go about starting that process? Yeah, they should definitely visit barnardmedical.org and schedule an appointment with one of the clinicians, and then they'd be invited to attend our free classes. 
Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're uh, going to speak with Lee Crosby here, but then we're going to bring you right back in the studio. We're going to talk about holiday temptations, awesome. how to avoid them, how to stay plant-based while you're at those office parties, those family gatherings. You're listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. You are listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, joined now by nutritionist Lee Crosby. Lee, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing great, thanks. How are you, Chuck? I'm doing phenomenal. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Now, I brought you in to ask you to go over a very important topic, and that is what to expect when you're expecting to go vegan. Oh, I love it. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so obviously, you know, when I when I made the transition, like my body changed in ways that I, I just couldn't even fathom was coming. You know, some good, some bad. But right. you know what? Once you get to the other side, it's totally worth it. Absolutely. And it's really not all that bad. So let's let's start with the good stuff. So talk to me a little bit about how your body transitions, what you can expect. Okay. So there are immense benefits to doing this. The first thing you can expect is weight loss. So when you're filling up on things like fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts and seeds, you're going to melt away the pounds without counting calories. So for instance, when I transitioned, I ended up getting back to my high school weight and I wasn't really trying. It just happened because a lot of the sort of really calorie dense stuff just was out of my diet. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. And it's not just me. So studies consistently show that vegans do tend to weigh less than omnivores. And that's even accounting for stuff like age, exercise. Yeah. You know, I, th- I thought that I was pretty thin and I dropped 15 pounds without even right? thinking about it. You know, yeah. so it, I went from having lost 265 pounds. Now it's 280. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's exactly what happened to my husband. He dropped like 25 pounds. Yeah. Just and he was just doing it to support me. Mm. There you go. Good man. And his blood pressure dropped too. Hey, that was pretty that? great, right? Knocking yeah. out the hypertension. Yeah, yeah. So that tends to happen because I kind of I like to look at it that our brains are wired for fiber, and most of the standard American diet, like the SAD diet, is just stripped of fiber. It's either animal products or refined foods. So our stomach doesn't actually know when we're full, and so our brain doesn't get the signal, and so we eat too much. It just it makes sense, but when we get enough fiber, the brain gets the signal, you know in a timely manner that, hey, we're full, we're done, got enough. And it's also good for diabetics, right? Especially if you have type two. It's awesome, yeah, pre-diabetes or type two diabetes, it's actually decent for type one diabetes, it won't cure it, but the way it potentially can reverse type two diabetes, but it is, um, it actually will lower your blood sugar, and if you're transitioning, it can lower it pretty quickly. So I've talk to people and they sometimes will have a little bit of going haywire right at the beginning because you are you're going to increase your carbohydrate intake but carbohydrates aren't actually the problem with diabetes and a plant-based diet fixes the underlying problem so the way i look at it is having diabetes is something akin to having like a nail hammered into your foot so when you hammer a nail on your foot that's going to hurt right the symptom is pain (laughs) not a good call so similarly with diabetes The problem is not the blood sugar, that's the symptom. So the blood sugar is basically like the pain here. But the issue is actually, the nail in this case, is the fat inside muscle cells. And so when you go on a plant-based diet, what happens is the fat inside muscle cells, when you're losing weight, it decreases. But also, vegans in general tend to store less fat inside their muscle cells. And it's not entirely clear why that is. There are some, you know, theories on why that happens. But for both of those reasons, blood sugar can drop and can drop pretty quickly if you switch over to a plant-based diet. So if you are on medications that lower blood sugar, definitely be in touch with your doctor or healthcare provider before starting this because you don't want to have lows. And because this diet helps fix the root problem, you may end up needing to decrease your dose of medications or get off of them. Now, here's a question. You're talking about fat being eliminated from muscle, but I know that especially among athletes, losing muscle mass is also a concern. That's pretty common, I would imagine, as a person loses weight while transitioning to a plant-based diet as well, correct? Well, they can lose some, and everyone, anytime you lose weight, you're going to lose both fat and muscle. The goal is to maintain as much muscle mass as possible while you're doing that. So again, luckily people have this misconception that plant-based diets don't have protein. Like, where do you get your protein? (laughs) It's everywhere, all over your plate. It's in everything. So, and again, staying active as you're losing weight can help, but again, you don't even, that's, that's a bonus. 
The diet is foundational. So let's talk about something that I had no idea in the world was coming. I mean, this just came out of left field. My wife and I <laughs> went, went vegan at the same time, and that was... Uh, gas gas pains like let, let's just it's a thing. Be, let's let's just be honest here like what is that because what i've been told is that it has to do with literally the gases inside of your body are, right. are ch- changing well yeah so it actually has to do with your gut flora are you familiar with the fact that you've got this whole little zoo hanging out in your intestines. I am, and this is a good time to plug (laughs) an upcoming podcast that is devoted exclusively to gut bacteria. That is literally one of the most viewed pages on PCRM.org. I am not surprised, honestly. It's it's a hot topic right now, and for good reason. We didn't even know this menagerie was down there, and all of a sudden now we're hearing that we have the same number of cells inside our gut that happen to be bacterial as we do actual human cells in our whole body. So, you know, I think it deserves merit. And so one of the reasons that you're getting gas in the first place, there are a couple things going on. First, when you go vegan, unless you're drinking Coke and eating Oreos all the time, which most people are not going vegan to get that kind of diet, you're getting a lot more fiber, which is great. Again, it helps you lose weight. It can help lower cholesterol. That's wonderful. But by default, by definition, you don't digest fiber. So that fiber goes down into your large intestine, which is where all those little gut flora guys hang out. And what happens is two things. One, the bad guys, which are the ones that sort of, it's gross. There's no way to say it. They sort of putrefy animal flesh when you eat it. (laughs) Those guys get voted off the island. So there's already a little kerfuffle happening down there. We're playing Survivor, are we? (laughs) Kind of. And then the other thing is that the good guys who actually can digest fiber and the result of that can be gas, they have a field day because they haven't gotten what they've wanted for a long time. So while all this adjustment is happening, you get a little bit of gas and bloating. So I could definitely discuss some tips for minimizing that, but it is to be expected. Yeah, well, I mean, this podcast is tailored toward people who are considering going vegan in the new year. So absolutely, give me some tips on how they can kind of decrease those symptoms. Absolutely. So the first thing is to just, you know, some people like to do things 100% on day one, and you can do that, but make sure you're going to be home for a day or two if you want to go that route. Mm. Otherwise, easing in, slowly increasing your fiber intake will give your gut flora some time to adjust and also the you know the bowel walls themselves just give everybody a little time go gently so that's the first tip um the second tip beans people there's a lot of sort of myth versus reality surrounding beans i don't know what's your experience eating beans uh they're good for the heart (laughs) and the the more you eat (laughs) yeah so they are actually really great for your heart they're loaded with protein and fiber all kinds of vitamins and minerals But they do, they can induce gas. But here's the thing. They've run some studies on this. And as long as you're eating half a cup or less per day, even if you haven't eaten them at all before, the majority of people don't get a noticeable increase in gas. Right. So if you're starting with beans, go ahead, have a quarter cup or a half cup a day. You should be okay. For the people that did experience gas, it went away within like two weeks to two months. It sort of depended on, you know, people's individual biochemistry and the floor that they had. But it's one of those things where if you ease in, you're going to be fine. And most people don't even notice it. So you you said that uh, be home for a day or two. That tells me that there's if a you go 100 percent all a, at once. There's a hardcore <laughs> route you can go. So like you could. if if you really go, you know, pardon the pun, cold turkey into right. being vegan. So you're saying like after a day or two, everything should be eliminated? No, it's just that that first day or two might be a little more, you know. A windier day than uh, others might be. <laughs> the other thing you I couldn't resist. There's so many puns. The other thing you can do, again, is to use some of those transition foods that are a little less intense on the fiber. So instead of going for, you know, a cup of beans on your first day out of the gate, maybe you do some, you know, plant-based crumbles or some tofu dogs. Just, you know, give your body a little bit of an adjustment period. Ease into it. And yeah. um, I think that you and I had a conversation one time about... Uh, frequent trips to the bathroom after this, uh, you know, more frequent. It's it's yes. not exactly like you have the trots all the time, no, no, but no. certainly an uptick, if you will. No, and it's a bonus. All right. So again, <laughs> technical term, you're going to have some improvement in your poop. And that's a great <laughs> thing. So I was actually, a couple of months ago, I was helping teach a workplace nutrition class. And I had someone come up to me after class and pull me aside. And she was just kind of blushing and a little embarrassed and talking to me in hushed tones. And I was kind of wondering what was going on. And she she pulled me aside and said, you know, 
I have kind of a personal question to ask, so I'm like, hopefully I can answer it. And it turned out that, you know, she said to me, look, I'm, I've kind of switched to this way of eating, and now I'm, I'm going to the bathroom, like, number two every day. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, great. I would hope you are, maybe twice a day. But when I started thinking about it, and even thinking back in my own experience, when you eat that standard American diet, you know, you may not be going every day or twice a day, and it's going to be hard to go. It's like squeezing rocks out of a toothpaste tube. Sorry, couldn't resist. But when you switch to a vegan diet, again, that fiber helps hold some some water. Everything is much softer and easier to pass, and you're going to just have more bulk, which is great because that means going to the bathroom. There's no straining. You're going to go, you know, anything up to three times a day is normal. Wow. Yeah. So The trifecta. There are also people that only go like once a week. That is not normal. But again, you are not likely to have that problem when you switch to a vegan diet. I can't imagine on the vegan diet once no. a week. No, it's great. I Honestly, that was not to get too personal with that, you know, constipation is something I think we all struggle with and I used to struggle with no more. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I used to be a dairy junkie and that was just no oh, That's good. a no go. Yeah. No, no, Literally. no, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I mean, I couldn't have put it any better myself. Uh, Lee Crosby. Thank you very much. I mean, there are so many just other benefits and and things that we could talk about here. We could just talk about this. I could honestly go on all day about this. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, You are on the Twitter at VeggieQuest, Veggie underscore Quest. And that is also the name of your website, correct? Yes, sure is. It's a plant-based blog, making healthy plant-based eating easy. So come on over for some great recipes and tips. Speaking of uh, recipes, we're going to go down uh, on the street here in just a little bit. We're going to give out... Uh, vegan holiday treats. Here's the thing, though, Lee. We're not going to tell people that they're vegan. That's right. We are going to present them with two options. We're going to ask them which ones are vegan. And then, of course, they both are. We're just going to blow their mind. And they're also both made with vegetables. Our secret. (laughs) This is The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Continuing to listen to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Quick plug before we get into holiday party temptations, how to avoid it. Uh, At PCRM, that's us on Twitter. And if you want to learn more about the podcast, get this week's recipes. Um, Lee, actually, she just whipped up some incredible things that uh, we're going out on the street. We're going to have people guess what they are. I think that there's a silk pie in there. There's a chocolate cupcake. One's made with cauliflower. And I forget what the secret ingredient is on the second. Sweet potato absolutely no dairy in that. It's it's just incredible what she was able to do. Anyway, we're going to go uh, talk to people on the street, have them uh, guess which one is vegan. Of course, they both are. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Right now, tis the season. Holiday parties, office, family, not many of them are actually plant-based. So if you're considering going plant-based, if you are already plant-based, a ton of temptation out there. How in the world do you possibly deal with that? How do you keep from falling off the wagon? So we're going to bring back dietitian Maggie Neola, hopefully uh, going to get us to the uh, the solution to that, because this is a big problem for a lot of people. What's your advice? I mean, I know that that's such a broad question, but like at an office party, there are so many. We have ours next week. There are so many of these. Temptation is everywhere. What do you do? Temptation is everywhere. So how can you minimize it? Right, right. (laughs) How can you develop other options to have there and so that you don't have to fall into temptation? It's really important to be able to bring food with you, to talk about what you're doing and also take the focus off food as well and more on the company that's around you. So is that your advice to actually bring food to the office party? Yeah, if you're allowed to, I definitely recommend bringing a dish to share. And that goes with any type of party, not just office parties as well. Um, but yeah, and then requesting as well. If you, have an, if you have the option to put in your request for what is available at the office party, a lot of times that's an option. Uh, that is a great way to ensure you have something to eat and not feel excluded. What about family gatherings because in my family not everybody is plant-based plant-based matter of fact it's just my wife and i everybody else is you know still on the traditional diet so you go to a family gathering 
And it's just, you know, Christmas hams, Christmas turkeys, Christmas whatever, cheese, crackers. I mean, just the whole nine. Again, mm-hmm. temptation everywhere. You may even get some pressure from your family to, you know, eat some of that stuff. So what is your recommendation in dealing with that and the pressures that come along with it? You know, the pressure is definitely going to come. And so recognizing that ahead of time and having some go-to answers for, hey, that's really nice of you to offer, but I'm trying out this way of eating and I'd like to be able to stick to that even during the holiday season. Let's role play. Let's role play. Hold on. All (laughs) right. So you're going to be the vegan. I'm Uh going to be the the pressuring family member. Okay. All right. Mm Try some of this ham. It's delicious. It's the best thing ever. Put it on a cracker. Add some cheese. I'm telling you, it's out of this world. One little bit isn't going to hurt you. Wow. I'm sure that sounds so that sounds so delicious, but, you know, that's something I don't really want to eat anymore, and I appreciate the offer, though. Who doesn't eat ham? It's Christmas. Christmas and ham, they're synonymous with one another. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, well, there's not too many things that are wrong with me, but... <laughs> So is there something wrong with me? Is that what you're saying? Definitely not. No, I I appreciate the offer, but that's just something that I'm not really interested in eating right now. How about we go and check out some of these other options that are available? Not bad. Not bad at all. You deal very well with the pressure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I've had a lot of experience. (laughs) Um, But uh, seriously, though, I I would think that uh, at a family gathering, it would be a lot easier to bring your own dish, correct? Definitely. And I actually have a success from that specifically. Uh, A couple of years ago on Thanksgiving, my uncle, great uncle came and cousin and grandma. We had our typical crew there. And I asked my mom if I would be able to modify our typical Thanksgiving dishes Mm -hmm. just a little bit where we'd still have, you know, some of those things we're familiar with, but maybe give it a little bit of a flair, add in a different type of vegetable. Mm -hmm. So I decided, you know, Brussels sprouts, they're very common around that time of year. Sure. And they're a little more trendy nowadays. So I saw this recipe for miso glazed Brussels sprouts Mm. and decided, let's give it a try. It seems pretty simple and it can add something new to our table that we haven't had before. So I did. We made it. They turned out delicious. And afterward, my great uncle, who is over 60 years old, had them and said, wow, these are really good. I've never had Brussels sprouts before in my life. And I was like, that's a win. (laughs) I gave him something new. It was super nutritious. And it wasn't even the, you know, let's pull the vegan card. That was vegan. I actually liked a vegan food. No, it's just they're Brussels sprouts. They're really good. (laughs) That's crazy. Hold on. I need to back it up. So he's in his 60s and he had never in his life eaten Brussels sprouts? Never. Wow. Yeah. He must have been one of those kids that grew up with the stigma that Brussels sprouts just taste horribly. Possibly. It's probably the case. So it's such a fun opportunity to introduce new foods to your family. And you never know, you you could be 80 and still be trying new foods. Now, I hate to be (laughs) Debbie Downer, but I would imagine, though, that there has been a time when it didn't quite go so well. How did you handle that? There has been. You know, if it doesn't go so well, just think about it this way. You have leftovers. And you can enjoy them later. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's what happened. I went to a potluck with a bunch of friends, and I brought a different dish. And I came a little bit late. That was my number one problem, mm. is that most of the people had already gone through the line. And I put out my food, and everyone else is like, eh. There's, so there's less people who, who actually were still getting food. Uh, and then I also maybe put it out when the less health conscious people were coming down the line. Yeah. Uh, So whenever they see something green, you know, that seems to be healthy, even if it's not. (laughs) So it wasn't received very well, but I took that challenge um, as an opportunity to think about a way that I can improve for next time and to just enjoy some leftovers the rest of the week. And you did improve next time. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. So a little, little bumpy start, but then smooth sailing that's, afterward, right? That's right. That's right. So let's uh, let's talk actionable items here. I know that that's kind of a, a fun word to say, actionable. Mm-hmm. Um, give me some tips. Like if you were going to go with your top three tips that you're going to tell somebody that you work with upstairs, one of your patients, mm-hmm. this is what you do for an office party. What are your top three? Mm-hmm. Office party. I would say... If you think that people are going to push certain foods on you, to always be holding a plate with food on it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to eat it, but at least looks like you're engaged with that part of the, the party that's going on. The second tip would be 
to try and spend time with other activities at the party. Maybe there's a game or karaoke or something along those lines. <laughs> That's dangerous at an office party, the karaoke. Yeah. Um, but if there's a different activity that's not food related, uh, that is always a good way to avoid that temptation. Mm-hmm. The other part is to bring a dish with you and put it near the front of the line so that when people are loading up their plates, they still have room on it to put something on there, right? So they have that first exposure to something delicious and plant-based rather right. than if it's at the end of the line, they're not going to take it because their plate's already full. Right. Wow, that's that's genius. Mm-hmm. Product placement. I love it. Yeah. Um, here's the other difficult thing that I'm wondering is that in some office parties, obviously, alcohol is served and that lowers people's inhibitions. So is there a way that people who do imbibe in, in alcohol can kind of keep their willpower without craving? Do you have any sort of recommendation there? I know that that's a tough one to answer. Mm-hmm. I would say as much as you can, eat before you go. Mm. <laughs> that way, uh, that hunger isn't even there. So you don't have to worry about it if you are consuming alcohol <laughs> um, or somehow have a limit on alcohol as well. That would be a good good thing for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea regardless, right? Regardless, yes. Um, what about with the with the family? Because, again, I mean, that's you're going to get more pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the dynamic, it's just different with family. So I would imagine then that you would do some things that are a little bit different. Obviously, you would bring your own dish, but mm-hmm. where in the top three would, would that rank? And then what would the other two be? Mm. So I would look at... If you're able to talk to whoever's planning the menu ahead of time, planning is a good thing in many aspects of life, of course. But if you can talk with the person who is developing the menu for that day and just like, hey, just want to let you know in case you don't already, there are, I'm following some certain dietary guidelines and I'd like to be able to enjoy the food as well and be part of the family gathering. Can we talk about what's on the menu? Can we see if there's some small tweaks we can make so that everybody has something to eat. That's pretty good. Uh, Bring your own dish. And what else? Give me one more. One more that the listeners can walk away with. Oh, man, with family. I would say as much as you can, respond thankfully and gracefully (laughs) with whatever they offer you. Um, Family is, you know, always there, but always uh, can be more challenging to not – get upset with at the same time because they're close to you that you know they'll they'll forgive you more easily (laughs) right so if there's a way to still extend thanksgiving and grace to them even when they disappoint or or exceed your expectations as well yeah i think that and we'll close with this the thing that i think is important especially for new vegans people considering to go vegan there's a whole lot of enthusiasm there and you may feel like and you may not even notice it but you try to pressure others to adopt the philosophy and the changes that you just made you think you try to force that on them i don't mm-hmm. think that that's necessarily the smartest idea especially in this setting Yeah, you definitely want to be able to have open conversations with them that are not forceful and just a way to communicate that says like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'd love to tell you about it so you can know more about what's going on in my life instead of you need to do this, too. (laughs) Well, Maggie Neola, thank you so much for your time. You are a wonderful, wonderful addition to this podcast. And you came uh, with some very good tips that uh, hopefully uh, will get people ready for uh, the holiday season and uh, even more so things that they can carry over into the new year. Thank you. You are listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, on Twitter at Chuck Carroll, WLC. That's Carroll with two R's and two L's. And while you're there, also give a follow to at PCRM. Now then, ordinarily in the show right about now, we would be telling you a delicious recipe. But with it being the holidays and all, we decided to have a little bit of fun and head down to the streets and blow some minds. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to play a game called Guess Which One of These is Vegan. The secret is what we're not telling anybody is they both are. And uh, when we blow their mind, we're going to have Lee unveil what the secret ingredient is. Lee, what, what is in these? What's the secret ingredient? Am I, allowed, am I allowed to say it now? Yeah, we'll spill the beans. We're not going to tell the people just yet, but okay. go ahead. And... There are no beans, so there's that. So <laughs> chocolate 
frosting here is actually based on sweet potato. Ooh. So that is the whole base. So it's actually really low in fat, surprisingly. Okay. And then the silk mini pie filling here is actually made out of cauliflower. So it's good. Don't, don't, I saw that look. I've it's sampled. Good. No, I've it's sampled good. it. I think that it's delicious. Okay. I'm on board with it. And they're low calorie too. <laughs> yeah, right? they really are. Well, when you make it out of cauliflower, you know, I mean, there's a little sugar in there. I'm not going to lie, but it's definitely a, a much better option. Right. Yeah. Now all we need is some unsuspecting people. This is this is extremely good. It's too good to be healthy. <laughs> is it good though? It's good, yeah. Oh wow, that's decadent. Decadent. Mm. Nice. Mm. That is a fancy word. And there's actually no added oil in that. It's really creamy yeah. and yummy. Mm -hmm. So what is this? I mean, I couldn't. I, I have no idea. I mean, just chocolate cake mix regular eggs stuff like that okay so there is chocolate cake mix but the eggs and oil have both been replaced with applesauce so that's easy and the frosting is actually not made out of butter it's made out of sweet potatoes sweet potatoes sweet potatoes no way <laughs> very good very chocolatey yeah yeah which yeah. one do you believe is me uh i'll go with the tart good guess Lee? and they're both vegan oh, wow <laughs> ta-da it's very surprising but now question what's the secret ingredient this is the fun one. I guarantee you we can give you 10 guesses. You, you <laughs> yeah. will never know. I honestly have no idea. Oh, man. Um, Take a stab. Take a stab. Pumpkin or something like that. Nope. But not terribly far off. Okay. So the cupcake, the frosting is actually made out of sweet potato. Wow. That's really? the base. Yep. And the silk pie is made out of cauliflower. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Who right? knew? Oh, wow. All right. Again, wonderful. Yes. Very, very good. Think hard. Maybe maybe black bean. Ooh. No, but great guess. I okay. like the thinking. Okay. So the secret ingredient is actually sweet potato. The frosting is made out of sweet potato. Sweet potato. That's the base, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so wow. it's actually it's got yeah. some vitamin A, it's got a little bit of healthy fiber going in there. So yeah, it's actually, as desserts go, pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. I like a healthy icing especially. I know. I'm, a, I'm such a sucker for icing. So Me too. Me now too. I can just throw some sweet potato in there. See, there you go, and you can eat it out of a spoon. You don't have to feel bad. It's exactly. fine. That's very rich. It's the best cupcake you've ever had in your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe a little too rich to be vegan. Uh -huh. Okay, so I'm gonna try the other one. All right, there's Thank a napkin you. for you. Hmm. Hmm. That's really good. What is it? Hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the non-vegan cupcake, and I have no idea what the secret ingredient is. <laughs> no guesses? Cinnamon? <laughs> no, but yeah. good try. So for the little mini pie tart here, it's actually, the filling is made out of cauliflower. Oh wow, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, it's actually a whole head of cauliflower if you make it into a pie. And then the icing on the cupcake is made out of sweet potatoes. So surprise, they're surprise. both vegan. Wow. And actually, the cupcake is also oil-free. You just replace the eggs and the oil with um, applesauce, and you can use pretty much any mix to do that. Wow. Yeah. And it has vegetables. And it has cool. vegetables. It's practical. <laughs> Basically. Mind blown? Mmm. Very. I'm going to finish these. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, now you're on your way. You're going to get through the holidays without missing a beat. And by the way, one quick tip. If you have not done our Kickstart program, please do. Go to pcrm.org. You'll see 21-day vegan Kickstart. Sign up and you get free emails with menus, recipes, cooking videos, lots of inspiration. And it's the coolest thing. So please jump in. And thanks for being with us on today's broadcast. Mm -hmm.